Quarterback obviously uh, flips it around pretty good. Eight is dynamic. Uh, you know, eight is a threat wherever he is, whenever. Catching it, running it, throwing it, he can do a lot of things. Um, zero is a unique player for him. Zero is a uh, hybrid tight end. They use him in the blocking game some, but he runs and plays like a wideout. So they use him doing some different things. He's a good player. Um, uh, so they, they look kind of like what they have. I mean, they're always going to have a, a couple wideouts that can burn 4-4 and run. They've always had five-star running backs. And they've uh, This quarterback throws it around pretty good. Just beautiful. It's great, I isn't mean, it? It's so awesome. Uh, <laughs> I cannot wait, dude. I cannot wait until Bedlam uh, Week. You know, when eight's in there, uh, they got a chance. <laughs> but when they put 11 in there, hell, they can't even complete the pass. Uh, zero's good at running back. 17 can stretch the field. Uh, 82's good. Or, hell, is it 12? I, I can't tell. Neither can their fans when they catch it. Oh, I, I can't. I can't wait, man. It's going to be the best. <laughs> you know, Zero's really come on here the past three weeks. You know, he's starting to have a pretty nice year. 24 can't stay healthy. 24. Two, two, nice two looks good. Up. He's young. He's, he's good. Two's nice, you know. <laughs> oh, man, it's just it's the best. It's magical. Nah, you know, is. they'll put nine at quarterback at times, uh, snap it to him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that, yeah, which makes welcome. it so much better. Oh, I'm telling you, it, just induct that man into the Oklahoma, I don't care if it's sports, I don't care what it is, the Hall of Fame. Just a treasure. We just need more coaches at the uh, press conference to address players not by their names but their numbers. But no one could pull it off quite like he does, you know, because everyone else, it would come off as trolling. But I, I don't think that Mike Gundy has the give a rip to try and remember Jatavian Sanders name. He'll just say, you know, zero. Well, he's an interesting player. You know, here's the thing, though. If if all the coaches would just go ahead and, and do that, they'd ha stop having to look down at their notes all the time because I They've been looking at those guys by the Monday or Tuesday press conference. They've been looking at those guys for, you know, at least, you know, three days and multiple hours of film. And uh, they just know them based off of the numbers. I mean, that's how all the personnel packages are put together in the computer system. They don't put the names in there. So that's how they know those guys. So just embrace it. Stop looking down at the sheet, trying to sift through and, and remember the guy's name that you recruited six years ago. It's okay. You we don't you don't have to do it. Just say zero. Great point, text line. Eight. We forgot the most important part. You know, three. He's been good for him at receiver. He's he's got a little wiggle in him when he gets out there for sure. <laughs> oh, beautiful, 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 beautiful. I love it. God and man. What another great week of football games in the Big 12. It's just yeah. excellent. No one's talking about Continues the K-State-TCU excellent. game, but that is, um, that's a huge, huge game within the conference. Right, whoever yeah. wins that one, I, I guess you say, yeah, they, they, I, I think Kansas State can definitely go down and win that game. And I'm really tempted to pick them to do just that. 
Uh, I, think, I think they might do it. Yeah, I think whoever wins this game might be the best team in the league. It's kind of what this one is. OSU Texas well, getting more attention, but that K-State TCU game, that's, that's, that's going to be an awesome game. Here's the thing. Kansas State's coming off of a bye week. Uh, TCU just played um, a tough physical game there against Oklahoma State that went into overtime. They have not had a bye week yet. Or I guess they have, but it's been um, it's been a little bit earlier. But man, Kansas State, like we know this formula, right? Kansas State is going to do the same exact thing that they've always done to Oklahoma: maintain possession, uh, slow it down, just try and turn that clock, play good, tough physical defense, keep it close give themselves an opportunity late, and win the special teams battle with some explosive yeah. plays. I mean, that's the formula, and I know it's at Fort Worth, and that, that environment's going to be awesome. Night kick, 7 o'clock kick. It's going to be wild down there, which is fantastic. But, you know, all the things that Kansas State does, it travels, man. That run game, the defense, special teams, those things travel well. I look for 22 to have a big game for Kansas State. Um, big test for nine, that quarterback. You know, he's been playing well these past few weeks. And then, of course, 91 off the edge that they have on the defensive line. All three three guys are really good players. 22's got some wiggle to him. Got a little wiggle to him. Yeah, he's got – actually, he's got a lot of wiggle to him. Uh, Especially against OU. Yeah. I I think, you know, the one thing here is for TCU, not a lot you can do – I mean, it's, it's TCU offensively. Not a lot you can do K-State-wise against number one, who's got a lot of height to him, a lot of vertical jumping ability, and some great hands to him, Uh, Quentin Johnston. Uh, You just throw the ball up in his general vicinity, and he's going to go make an incredible play for you. And he has come on strong lately. Uh, Had a slow start to the season, but, man, here in the last, what, three, four weeks, he's uh, he's been going at it pretty well. Yeah, uh, 33 is a good back. I'm, 15's been really good at quarterback this year. Yeah. I'm going to be yep. totally thrown off if he says, like, Gabriel or something Bedlam week. Don't disappoint me, Mike Gundy. Call everyone on this team by their numbers. Text line says, that's 69 up front for them. He's a real exciting player. <laughs> <laughs> I like that clip almost as much as when he talks about his turtle. Almost. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's yeah. funny. Um, Boy. Harsh grade today from ESPN on Brent Venables. I don't know if you saw this already, but they had their midseason grades out for first-year head coaches, and ESPN was not very kind to Brent Venables. They have Sonny Dykes at TCU at an A, which, I mean, rightfully so. They're 6-0 and have had a great year. Brent Venables was towards the bottom. They gave him a uh, D, a D so far. Well... Yeah, and hey, if you're grading off of record and results, which ultimately that's that's what you're you're going to end up being graded on, that's kind of where you have to have to put it, right? Um, matter of fact, you, I guess you you wouldn't be too shocked if they put it at a failing grade. Uh, four and three for Oklahoma at this point is uh, is not what we would consider. Um, you know, satisfactory around here. So, yeah, I understand that, uh, no doubt. 
I, I grade it a little bit differently, though. I mean, if, if you're if you're just grading the higher right now off of what the record is through the first six or seven games, depending on if you've had a bye week or not, then that's, that's what it's going to be. But I think the recruiting has been excellent. Some of the, the changes that needed to be made in the program culture-wise have been excellent. And some of the things that, that, that they've uh, been able to get done as far as facilities upgrades uh, coming down the stretch as well have been excellent. So, yeah, record-wise, there's you can't really push back much on that now, can you? Sonny Dykes has an A. Mule Shoe has an A. Is that for the job he's done or blaming the loss on the officials last week? I'd be uh, Both. interested. Uh, Kalen DeBoer at Washington has an A minus. Clay Hilton at Georgia Southern has an A minus. Dan Lanning at Oregon just a B plus. Well, he's got him in the top ten. I know he had that blowout loss to Georgia, but okay. Uh, Joey McGuire at Tech has a B plus. Brian Kelly at LSU's got a B minus. Timmy Chang at Hawaii has a C. I don't know. Hawaii's got two wins, but I mean they're they're gone awful. Billy Napier at Florida has a C minus. Uh, and then we scroll all the way down here. Marcus Freeman's got a D plus. Mario Cristobal's got a D plus. Britt Pry at Virginia Tech has a D plus. Britt Venables with a D D plus. And, and here's their reasoning: the grade might seem harsh, as Oklahoma played almost two games without Dylan Gabriel and faced other personnel challenges. The Sooners also rebounded nicely on Saturday, shorthanded, putting up points and yards against Kansas, da-da-da-da-da. But what happened against TCU, and particularly Texas, is unforgivable for a program such as OU and a coach with Venable's credentials on defense. And then just basically saying how many points they've given up, the losing streak, and, and all that. Huh. Yeah. Well... I think it's fair. I mean, what are you going to say to push back on it? Not a whole lot you can say. Um, I think all you know, all things are not equal everywhere, as you can see. Um, you know, some teams have a much worse record and are graded higher. And, you know, that's just, that's just how it's going to be. Um, I, Mario Cristobal's got a D plus. They're three and three. I mean, isn't it kind of difficult to grade someone like Mario Cristobal on, you know, the first six games and and give him a a D plus? I don't know. That's a that's a rebuilding job that people have been trying for nearly two decades. So I'd yeah. say that's a bit harsh. It's true, <laughs> right? Okay, and, and I, maybe you just answered it, but if D plus is too harsh, and judging by if you just look at the overall record, then it's not. But give me a reason or two if they're if they're there, as to like there's more than than what maybe meets the eye. Like this has actually been a significant improvement, but does it count to the four and three start thus far that he's done? Well, I, I think what I was saying earlier, like recruiting. I mean, recruiting is uh, going fantastic right now. They are poised if they're able to hang on to their recruits and. Who knows, maybe get a, a couple more, have a top five recruiting class. I mean, I know Oklahoma's been uh, a mainstay in the top five as far as, you know, final rankings of seasons, but it's rare for them to have a top five recruiting class. It just hasn't happened a whole lot. Yep. And if they're able to do that in his first year, I think that tells you quite a bit. Um, 
you know, with, when you consider a, a lot of the changes that they've had to go through, implementing new offense, new defense, um, trying to get all these players up to speed, I think both of these systems are uh, tend to be a little bit more complicated than the previous systems. So there's more uh, the, a bigger ask on the players. Um, you know, I think I'm not okaying three losses at all, but you play that that was a that was a tough three game stretch uh, of the season right there playing maybe the two best teams in the conference back to back in K-State and TCU and then going into a rivalry game without your quarterback uh, it's it's fair like I'm not going to argue against the grade but I mean I I don't I guess I don't necessarily equate the grade and what they've given him to how I feel about the future of the program or even how I feel like uh, maybe the rest of this season is going to go. Text line says, so Brent Venables has a win against a ranked opponent. Lincoln Riley does not. Did ESPN mention that when they graded the first-year coaches? They did not mention that. But, yes, Brent Venables does have a top-20 win. Mule Shoe does not. Don't get get caught up in the minutiae. All right, <laughs> you don't want to look at any of those things, Patrick. Hey, I'll tell you what. You, I think that, I think you have to grade what Lincoln Riley's done out there high. I don't think there's any way of of avoiding that. Like, do I believe that they were a top six team in the country before they played Utah? Absolutely not. I think they are the fourth best team in the Pac-12. Maybe not even that, but you know. Fortunately, they're not going to play all of those teams. Matter of fact, they're only going to play two of them that are ranked ahead of them. So it's just um, a benefit of, of the schedule on the year that he took over. All right. Uh, from the f- <laughs> Patrick says, why does Muleshoe have a bunch of towel-waving idiots running up and down the sideline? I hope somebody takes them out one day on the sideline. I guess I haven't seen that. The towel They're strength idiots. and conditioning guys. They did the same thing. Oh, is that C- uh, what, what was his name when yeah. he was here? Uh, Cesar, is that, was that his name? I think so. Yeah. All right. Good. I'm glad that that's uh, followed him to L.A. Everyone needs to remember the shape LR left this program after uh, he and several players left. They can say what they want about BV, but what's coming will speak for itself. Let's hope. I feel good about it. Feel good about it. Um, admittedly, some of the development on these guys is going to take a little bit longer than I envisioned. Um, I think the transfer portal is going to have to be a pretty big factor here early on in head football coach Brent Venable's tenure at Oklahoma, but I still feel good about it. Good point, text line. Come on, Tyler. You know he didn't blame the refs. He said he wasn't going to blame the officials. He did say that five times <laughs> within a uh, <laughs> minute span. I mean, it, we, we had a lot of challenge. We're not going to blame the officials now. You know, we got to get better. But, you know, the officiating was really tough tonight. We're, we're not going to place the blame on that. I'm not going to play the blame game. But the officials were really rough tonight. That's basically what he said in case you missed it Saturday. Is, that, is this how it's covered? I'm not going to blame the officials, but... Uh, 
we we got jobbed tonight. We got we got uh, cheated out of a football game. Man, that Lincoln Riley, he sure is nice. Look at him not even blaming the officials. God, what a good guy. A-plus grade. Would you like to hear what it sounded like again from Saturday? I can, I can yeah. play the open from Monday if you like. Sure. You know, one thing that he could really learn from is, buddy, the last thing the fans want to hear when you blow a lead and it's a big game that you just lost and it really puts a dent in your season is, well, I mean, we were a couple inches away from really busting that wide open. Who cares? You lost the game. Shut up. Stop saying that. Nobody wants to hear it. Well, Tyler, it's called Pseudologia Fantastica. (laughs) We've played that enough times. I'm glad you remember it. (laughs) uh okay d d plus what would you grade it uh i mean if we're just going by the record which is what matters i think that's fair the the texas game it's understandable what they had but what's kind of what's tough for me to get over is that that's what the game plan had to be with your backup quarterback like i just don't think it should have to be that dire when you play your second string guy i mean that's kind of how I look at it. Well, what do you mean, though? Like, tell me what you mean I, by that. I'm talking about, like, I've like seen. Like, you thought they should have had a different game plan? No, no, no. Well, no, not at all. But that's the problem is I don't think that you should have to have that game plan with a backup quarterback in the game. Because I see other teams, you know, kind of manage things with the backup quarterback and still find a way to have a productive offense. And, oh, you couldn't do that with their second string guy in there. That's, that's what was really bothersome to me. Yeah, but you haven't seen other teams have like five or six quarterback transfers out over the last two years. You know, sure, but, but like, I mean, I mean, come on. You, think you, about you. Kansas State. Kansas State has had the same backup for four years, and he's like zero and ten every time he's had to go in, and there's. Unfortunately, or well, maybe fortunately for them, the game plan doesn't change much because that's kind of who they are anyways, but I I don't know. I I think it's like the coaches realized right away how dire the situation was at backup quarterback. That's why as soon as spring practice happened, it's like, "Oh my god, we've got to get in the transfer portal." And unfortunately, I when you're in the in the transfer portal looking for backup quarterbacks, you're not going to get a whole lot. Are you in a weight room or a kitchen right now? I can't tell if those kitchen. are weights hitting the ground or if those are uh, plates hitting the ground. It looks to me like it is 
um, the dishwasher loading plates it's out the of loudest the, dishwasher uh, the I've dishwasher. ever heard in my entire life. Oh my god! Well, I'll tell you the thing. He's he's sitting behind me at an angle, and it's like he's he's back and to the right of me, and that's directly where the microphone uh, faces. So that's probably the someone issue asking there. if we're in a batting cage right now. I can see that one as well. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like the That's celebration funny. station yeah, batting God. cage is where you're at. That's what it sounds Man, like. Our text line is undefeated. Yep. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let me tell you where I'm at. Yeah, I'm not at the yeah. batting cages, although I'm surprised they don't have them here. Uh, Pryor's Pizza Kitchen has pretty much everything else. They've got ping pong. They've got pickleball. They've got cornhole. Uh, they've got a bunch of other games for the kiddos. The outside seating areas are fantastic. Plus, they've got the only coal-fired pizza ovens in the state. They have the, some of the best pizza you've ever tried. They've got a full-service bar here, tons of TVs. This is an awesome place to come and hang out and watch football starting tonight, Thursday night. We've got some good stuff going on tonight and all through the weekends, obviously every weekend. Come out, hang out in Goldsby at Pryor's Pizza Kitchen coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Interact with the show there. 405-651-3439. Uh, two, well, there, there's more than just a just one big game in the Big 12 this weekend. You got TCU and Kansas State. But Oklahoma State and Texas, Texas still sitting there as a six-point favorite, which is odd. So I thought I would dig into Oklahoma State a little bit more to kind of find out the reason that number is the way that it is. OSU's played six games up to this point, and they're five and one. Can you tell me how many games they've been outgained this year out of the six they've played in? How many games they've been outgained yes. by the uh, opponent? Uh huh. Out of six games, um, I'm I'm going to guess it's something that I would not have guessed. I would say five of the six. Four of the six they've been outgained. Hmm. TCU, they lost that game. They were outgained. That makes sense. But they beat Tech by double digits, outgained in that game. One at Baylor, I think by, uh, what, nine maybe? Got outgained in that game. Central Michigan, they were outgained in that game as well. <laughs> so, yeah. and then I, I'm looking at some of their defensive numbers. They're, the wor- they're, they're, wor- they're last in the Big 12 in terms of pass defense. They're giving up over 300 yards per game through the air. I'm just trying to figure out, like, what they are, who they are, if this start is fool's gold or not, because it's tough. Like, they're a 5-1 and one football team, and in their one loss, they were up 17 points at, on, on TCU. Like, they kind of had that game locked up. So, judging by their results, it's not fool's gold, but if you look into some of these numbers that they have this po- up to this point, it almost feels like, yeah, they, they may be – they may have a little bit more flaws than some people might want to lead you to believe. Yeah. And you know what? You may be right. Seventh and rush defense think... in the conference, too. Yeah, I don't think they are a – I don't think they're a flawless football team. 
Here's the fact of the matter. They've played Central Michigan, Arizona State, Arkansas Pine Bluff. The Baylor win on the road was a good win. But as we look at it, this this is not the same Baylor team from a year ago. They beat Texas Tech. And then they lost a tight one to TCU. So, I, I don't know. Were we drawn too much from the win on the road against Baylor? I still believe that that's a good win. But I, TCU, like you and I, I think Sooner fans that have seen both of them would probably agree that TCU and Kansas State are both really good football teams. And frankly, Texas has the potential to be a really good football team at times. Yeah, we'll see. Like, it would not shock me if Oklahoma State lost all three of these games. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to beat Texas because I think the 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 spot for Texas going on the road – uh, to Stillwater, that's going to be a big environment. I, I think that they win that game against Texas, but I would I'll, I'll pick TCU and Kansas State, both of those games being on the on the road. Frankly, for Oklahoma State to probably lose. Yeah, but they could. I mean, to to your point, they could lose four in a row. Like that's on the table here. I mean, they could lose to Texas this way. I mean, they're favored to do exactly that. Um, at Kansas State, not a good State. year to go at TCU, at Kansas State, and at. Kansas, Kansas in a yeah, four week runner, period. runner, runner, and then you get the Iowa State game at home. Maybe that's a little bit of a breather, and then you got to go to OU. And we've heard from some OU fans on the text line that are, well, I mean, we're not going to beat Oklahoma State this year. I mean, we got a chance to you know make it to six or seven wins, but I just don't think we can beat OSU. I don't think that whatsoever, man. I don't think OU should go about that game thinking. Uh, no way we can beat Oklahoma State and Norman. Like let, let's let's not just remember the history of this of this series, but this kind of shapes up to be a good matchup in my eyes for OU. The worst pass defense in the conference. Um, OU can throw the ball well, man. The seventh best rush defense in the conference. Well, obviously, OU's running the ball well right now. So this isn't the DNA or blueprint of even what they had last year. Like, this is not a great Oklahoma State defense. I absolutely think OU can beat Oklahoma State uh, in late November. That's definitely yeah. on the table to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think there's any reason to, to feel like we're about to be blown out by Oklahoma State at home. Um, I don't think that's the, the case at all. I tend to agree I think it's kind of jumping the gun for anyone to just assume that we don't have a chance against Oklahoma State. And I don't want to take anything away from them. I think they're a good football team. It'll but probably be a high-scoring game. I mean, I think that they're going to get you on some things offensively for sure, but I think they're very vulnerable on defense. And OU, with the way that they're constructed, can definitely take advantage of that against those guys. Yeah. 100%. Well, we're going to learn a whole lot more about – both Oklahoma State and Oklahoma by the time we play that game. Like Oklahoma State's going to have run the gauntlet of, of the best teams in the Big 12, and we'll, be able, we'll know their flaws a little bit more than we do right now. And, you know, Oklahoma's kind of already been there through the gauntlet except for Oklahoma State, and we'll kind of see how they match up with that. Like we'll find out if we're truly a bottom-tier team after all, in the conference this year, whenever we actually play the bottom-tier teams. Yeah. 
Nah, I, yeah, and you're playing some coming up here for sure. Uh, Bijan and Roshan about to put up 400 yards on OSU. This person Here's always says interesting. Someone's, that, that same person says Matthew McConaughey is the guy, so this must be a Texas fan. Looks yeah. like it is. Um, now, here's, here's what's fascinating. If you look at Oklahoma State um, through just, like if you go to the Big 12 statistics and just look at, there's a section where you can go and it's just the um, stats in conference games only. Uh, Oklahoma State is dead last in total offense, uh, yards per game. Or I guess maybe that's, um, is that yards per game? No, they're second to last in yards per game. Sorry. Don't tell me it's OU. Uh, Iowa last. State okay. is last. Whew. Okay. No, All no, right. No. Oklahoma, Oklahoma is, um, you're 450 yards a game average, even playing a game and a half in Wildcat. <laughs> Well, I guess we didn't play the TCU game in Wildcat, but a game and a half with Should backup have. quarterback. So. Should have. Yeah. Yeah. So, just interesting. Um, I don't know. It's We don't know a whole heck of a lot. We'll learn more. This week about Oklahoma State. Yeah, they just they, they don't I, they don't have the defense even remotely close to what they had last year. You're right. We'll find we'll no. find out a lot more about them, but I think it's pretty obvious to me is that they've got some nice players up front across the D line, but they're just not even remotely close to what they had last year. And if Spencer Sanders is not healthy or if he's less than hundred percent, because it feels like without having the numbers right in front of me, he's had a pretty good year, man. Like he's kind of having the year that. They've been waiting on him to have in terms of consistency. And, again, maybe the numbers that aren't in front of me would tell a different story, but he's kind of their guy this year. And if he's not out there, he's not healthy. They're they're in trouble. The Sanders kid? Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, I've got the numbers right here. Spencer Sanders is, you know, I hate to say this, about where he's always been. Oh, really? Okay. Passing efficiency – Middle of the pack, um, yards per completion. He's fourth behind Max Duggan, Jalen Daniels, and Dylan Gabriel. Which those, who's Dylan I, I don't think one. that there's a whole lot of shame for being middle of the pack this year, though, in some of these uh, statistics. Because right. Max Duggan and Jalen Daniels, I mean, even Adrian Martinez at times have lit it up. So that doesn't necessarily have to tell the whole story about what he's been this year. I think it's more about that there hasn't been the peaks and valleys this year that there's been in the past. He's been just been kind of solid through, throughout the year. He is tied for number two in passing touchdowns with 13. Um, 13 touchdowns to three interceptions. Uh, why is his – he's not even listed on the completion percentage for guys with 15 passes per game. And so he must be below six, around 60% or so passing which you know again like he's not a super efficient quarterback he's you know the thing that's really hard to quantify is like he does a really good job running the football for them and that's where a lot of his his yards end up coming in like uh total offensive touchdowns he's number one in the conference right now with 21 because he's he adds so much uh in the running game he's the number one total offense player whenever you add uh, passing yards and rushing yards together. Yeah. Um, he beats uh, Max Duggan by 
about 16 yards a few texts a game. here. William and Muldrow says, OU will beat Cowboys if we hold them under 45 points. Our offense will move up and down the field on those guys. And frankly, if you give up 45, you probably deserve to lose. Hey, that's not wrong, but OU did give up more than 45 points to those guys recently and still won the game. 2018, yeah. 48-47. Yeah, and well, it was 2018, was it 20, like, 15 too, wasn't it? 15 or 16? Um, 15, what was that you, game in Stillwater? 15, you blew them out. 17 was like... 17 was the high-scoring game that you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was like – wasn't that game like 55-45 or something like that? Yes, um, yes. Yeah, OU won by yeah. 10 that day because Sermon had that late touchdown run to make it double digits. Yeah. That was a crazy game. That was a wild game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most likely – I mean, that usually uh, – 62-52. You're right. It was 10. Nerd. Uh, we gave up 52 and won the football game double digits. It's probably a cover. <laughs> All right, one more from the 918. You guys kill me, man. Before we beat Kansas by 10, we weren't going to win another game. Now you guys feel like we might not lose again. I mean, have we played the best teams in the conference? But as they say on Monday Night Football, come on, man. Have we played the best teams in the conference? I, yeah, except for Oklahoma State. I mean, is that is that debatable? No, I, I was just wondering where we said that <laughs> either point that they weren't going to win another game. I, I mean, I was definitely worried about it, but I don't know if we outright said, yeah, they're going 3-9 and nine this year. I think we jack, uh, joked about some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's – I think it's absolutely – TCU, Kansas State, and Texas – uh, and in Kansas, for that matter, record-wise, are the best teams in the conference aside from Oklahoma State. Yeah, and that's the list of teams we've played. So I don't. I mean, I don't think that's really in question. West Virginia, Baylor, Tech, Iowa State, and Oklahoma, or, and um, uh, the the list that I just named. That's the. That's the bottom tier. Not one of those teams has a winning record. Three and three or worse, except for Oklahoma State. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on here from Goldsby at Pryor's Pizza Kitchen. Stay tuned. To the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Uh, I always like when text starts, to the idiot. All right? Brent from Jink says, to the idiot that said if we give up 45, we deserve to lose. Tennessee gave up 49 to Alabama, and they still deserve to win. Yes, our defense sucks right now, but our offense with Gabriel should be good enough to win the rest of the games on the schedule. Hmm. Sounds like everyone yeah. is accepting this is the 2017 or 2018 uh, method of winning all over again. Well, I get the logic and what the gentleman is saying. I don't think he's an idiot. And frankly, um, although Tennessee won 52-49, I could argue they didn't deserve to win because that pass interference call that lost Alabama the, the game was bogus. But – 
I understand the point by by both parties. If you are ahead when the time expires, does not matter. You deserved to win the game, although it may not have unfolded exactly how you wanted it to. Uh, from the 918, do you think collectively the Big 12 is tougher this year than last year? Definitely for OU it is. The opponents OU plays, but I think yes, it is. Hmm. Well, let me think about this. Baylor's, yeah, last year was pretty ba- good. Baylor's not as good as last year. I don't think Oklahoma State's as good as last year. OU, I mean. K-State's better. TCU's way better. Yeah. Here's the real question. Kansas is way better. Are K-State and TCU better this year than Baylor and Oklahoma State were last year? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I, I, Baylor's I, here's the thing. Year. I think the conference this year is is deeper maybe than it's ever been. And I not having – like Oklahoma was far better than they – like we're looking at it through our lens. We're judging the other nine teams. But if you step back and judge all ten teams, last year was better because of Oklahoma State, Baylor, Oklahoma, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm but, good with that. But this year, I think it's deeper. I think, uh, I think TCU, Kansas State, um, obviously Kansas, Oklahoma State, Texas, West Virginia might be. Better I think too. pretty. I think all those teams are better, and Iowa State is. I don't. They're definitely not as good, but Iowa State is zero and four in conference, and they're not that bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. Iowa State is not a a bad football team. Um, they lost to K State by one. They lost to Texas by what four? I, I wonder what they yeah. like in all their losses. They're all one score games. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's kind of yeah. It's the overall margin of defeat has not been uh, not that high of a number. Right, and um, yeah. So like our last place team is, in my opinion. Not all that bad, um, and I think like even if you look at like right now, the bottom four in the conference are Baylor, Tech, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. I'll take that four against any other conference's bottom four, and it ain't close. Seven one three area code went to Pryor's Pizza Kitchen last weekend because you always do shows from there. It's an awesome place. Hey, appreciate it. There you go. Very nice. There you go. It's catching on. The uh, the cat is out of the bag, so to speak. People are figuring out how cool this place is. And by the way, I just placed an order: the Pryor's Pizza coal fired pizza. Tyler, you ever had a coal fired pizza? Uh, probably. I'm sure you got cheese. Is what you got. You're a cheese pizza. No, I got guy. the. I just told you I got the Pryor's pizza. Meat lovers. Uh, pepperoni, sausage, yep. bacon. Sounds exactly like you. It's great. Yeah. Uh, well, all the meats you have back there in the kitchen. That's why there were such loud noises from the kitchen. Is because you ordered every meat on the menu on your pizza. Makes sense now. You want a promo? Here's a promo for you. I love meat. Okay, uh, there you go. One more. The color has shifted purple. Dress them out in anthracite so they look like clowns instead of us. KU has no worries there. They wear Adidas. <laughs> uh, what's great. that? What's the? What are they saying there? That um, 
Was that for us? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, like, well, the color shifted purple. Put them in anthracite so they can look like the clowns instead of us. Right. Which, by well, the way, OU fifteen uh, and three in alternate since twenty fourteen. I saw that uh, earlier today. Surprised me. It is a nice move though to hide from our record in different uniforms, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Actually, it's a pretty smart move. Pretty smart move. Who's it? This is a 3-3 football team. That ain't Oklahoma. You can tell by the unis. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number one here from Pryor's Pizza Kitchen. Stay tuned. Cavens Construction bringing you this hour of the rush. CavensConstruction.com, especially if you have a 24-7 or if you have an emergency repair, they're on the call 24-7. CavensConstruction.com. Jim in Arlington on the text line wants to know, uh, ask Teddy what he usually did on his bye weeks when he was still playing. I can answer that, Jim. Have you ever seen a slip and slide next to a tower full of bush light cans? That's what bye weeks for uh, one Ted Lehman looked like at OU. <laughs> Oh man, that that's not far off. You know, it's it kind of depends on like, like what was uh what was happening or like what the week was like around campus. Um you know, sometimes and it also depends like the schedule they gave us. Like sometimes if we happen to have like Saturday and Sunday off, I may go back home um see my parents. Uh, if we had like a practice or something or meetings on Saturday or Sunday, then I'd probably stick around. And other than that, it was mainly um, Edward Forty Hands resting. Oh, okay. No, it was mainly resting, uh, getting not catching up, getting way ahead on schoolwork, <laughs> oh, uh, making sure all of my grades uh. and. And everything was put together. It was usually incredibly productive. I know. I maybe I, cleaning the house. I, I believe up on laundry. Catching up on schoolwork. Yeah, I, I do believe that part. I don't believe you actually did never it. had you to catch up. I to. only got ahead. I only got ahead on schoolwork. Jeez. Never did I have to play catch up. Whatever. Bob's even told us before <laughs> we uh, Teddy needed to get to class sometimes. Yeah. Well, um, honestly, nothing was different ever except for the weekend and that depended on like what our schedule was if we were off um a lot of times we'd like i'd go back to fort gibson or maybe i'd go back with a roommate to his hometown and hang out for the weekend or something like that nothing too extravagant all right quick time out more from the rush coming up hour number two here from priors pizza kitchen in goldsby